Today I want to talk to you about uh, hearing and how you hear. Uh, we all know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? the Word of God. And so God's Word is alive, it's powerful, um, but uh, there's something that must take place um, in the hearing. And apparently it's not just hearing because there's more to it because we know uh, that uh, it's not just having heard that changes you, it's hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. So it's a continual exercise and there's a posture to hear in a way that changes us and there is a, a, a way of hearing uh, that you don't hear because he says in his word, having ears to hear, you don't hear. And so uh, there's all the scriptures that speak of hearing and how to hear in a posture that brings about the change. Uh, therefore, when we uh, come into the house of God, it's more than uh, just having heard a message. It's having heard a message uh, with the intent to be changed by the message. In other words, I never go to the word and read it or sit before a person proclaiming God's word uh, just to hear a cool thing or uh, just being in proximity that does it. It's how we hear him. Because if I'm just listening to it like, a, a, you know, uh, I'm reading a newspaper, uh, that's not going to change me. But if I'm listening for his voice to bring about the change in me that must be made for me to be excellent, for me to be what he has intended for me to be, then I'm posturing myself in a position of faith to be changed. Uh, there's so many messages I could come and say, I'm going to teach on in Christ. I'm going to teach on faith. I'm going to teach on righteousness. I'm going to teach on who you are in Christ. Many in the room will say, oh, I've heard that before. Well, that's great that you've heard it before, uh, but never will we arrive uh, to have squeezed all the juice out of God's word. This is not a, a, a juicing situation. Uh, the word of God is endless, all-powerful, eternal. And you might be exhausted, but you will not exhaust the word of God. As Pastor Petrie, uh, he said about one of his mentors, that he, he said he felt like I've exhausted this particular subject in the word of God. And this wise man of God, I guess he had a little bit of a speech impediment. He said, you, 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 you may be exhausted, but you will never exhaust the word of God. And that's true. As wise as you think you have become, your name is not Elohim. And for you to say, I know everything about him in this area, you will never, it will take you eternity to even glimpse at who he really is. And his, he is God Almighty. And it is his good pleasure to reveal himself to us. But I have a feeling you will not arrive in this realm to the pinnacle of no. Brother Hagin himself, who memorized the whole entire Bible, he said, the more I know, the more that I know I don't know. So the wiser and more informed you get, the more you see I really don't know much. And therefore, I have, uh, as I have said before, I pray the prayer, Lord, allow me to see whatever it is I'm able to see. I want to go to maximum seeing and hearing 
just right up to the edge of exploding. Show me yourself. As Moses said, show me your glory, God. God said, you will burn up and fry, but I can show you my backside. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you inside of this rock here. I'm going to hide you up. I'm going to walk in front of you, and then you can see that. And his, his whole head glowed for months. It's like, whoa. And so we, we desire that. We desire that. But there has to be an expectation, not a, a religious punch card that you came and you sat and you left and you look the same. And you do the same thing. I want to be changed. I want to be modified. I want to be, ooh, something people are looking at going, what has happened to you? Well, I've been in this little rock place, and he walked in front of me, and I'm just glowing like this because of him. Show me your glory. Open my ears to hear what the Spirit of God would say to me. And there's, these are the last days. We're living in the last days. And we see in the book of Revelation that, that uh, John wrote to seven churches. To all seven churches, he said the same thing. He said, let him who has ears to hear. Let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to them. So God, we are praying, crying out, God, give me ears to hear. Don't let me just come and go. Don't let me live my life on some automatic pilot and stay mediocre and do the status quo and just fit in where all other Christians will, will think I'm okay and I don't ruffle anybody's feathers and I don't make any noise and, and I'm, I'm politically correct and I'm all the details so I don't stand out. I'm just, you know, no, no, no. I want to be like Jesus, have the whole, entire crowd trying to kill me and then I walk right through the middle of them going hi where's my next crowd show me the next crowd Jesus show me who else I can disrupt hey show me someone else I can oh just shake up their life and make them uncomfortable that's what our lives are to be Jesus said they they wanted to be angry with me and, and mean to me and whatever they did to me they're gonna do to you too if you act like me So we need some folks hearing his voice. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Let's look at John chapter 10. In John chapter 10, we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. I'm actually using the New King. King James Version here says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeepers op doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. Everybody say, hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. So here we see uh, the analogy of sheep, and that would be us. We're the body of Christ, and, and uh, the analogy of us being sheep, it is not a very flattering analogy. I just have to say, sheep are inherently stupid. 
their only saving strength is their ability to hear their shepherd's voice. Because sheep will walk off a cliff. Sheep will get away from the herd, lay down, and literally be so discouraged they will die there. Sheep, I could go on. So, so uh, the analogy of sheep, but what we do want to uh, point out in this particular passage is their strength, though, is their ability to identify their master's voice. This is our main and primary way of knowing where we're supposed to be any given day of the week. Uh, Am I hearing his voice? Am I in tune with him? Am I aligned with him? Because back then they would have gatherings of all the shepherds, all the sheep. They were all mingled together, hanging out, you know, doing their thing. And I don't know what the shepherds were doing. Playing cards, I have no idea. Playing uh, dominoes, you know. Uh, you know that, 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 that uh, Steve would be uh, well-known among those shepherds uh, because he's a domino champion, praise the Lord. Uh, I mean, people come to the gym, he's famous, you know. They're like, uh, you know, he schooled me, you know, and, and they just give each other such a hard time. It's hilarious. Uh, but whatever those shepherds would do, when they were done, they would make noise And their sheep only would come out of all those multiple sheep. It's amazing. They make their little noise. And they're like, all right, guys, it's time to go. And those particular sheep only that belonged to that shepherd would roll out of the group. Isn't that amazing? I find that phenomenal. And sheep know their little voices, their sounds, and and the voice inflections, and all the tones of their master, their shepherd. And, And so this illustration works well because it is the only way that we will not walk ourselves off a cliff in our walk with the Lord. If we will come and we will hear, position ourselves to hear, posture our hearing in the sense of bringing about the change and adjustments in our life that must be made for us to accomplish the great work that God created each and every one of you to accomplish. There's nobody in the room who has a status quo thing to do for the kingdom of God or your part in the body is is less than someone else. But what we need for you to do is for sure hear his voice and on that day obey him. I don't know about you, I've, I've been do, going about my life doing stuff before and, and the Holy Spirit speaks so strong and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and it was, I know it's the Lord, I know he's telling me something and giving me instruction of some kind and I'm like, can we do this all the time? This is what I'd like to have going on all the time. But you see, the scriptures are a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And if you are not doing that very simple thing of following his book, then you probably aren't going to hear much from the spirit because he came not to glorify himself, but to speak about the book. Jesus said, he will come, another is coming, the comfort is coming, and he will not speak of himself, he will speak about me. And incidentally, he is the word. He's the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was what? Everybody say God. God. 
So when we, we look to the book, we go to it with the posture of it doing in us what must be done, bringing about the change. And listen, it is a sword, and sometimes it hurts, it cuts. If you haven't been to a church where you felt a little com- uncomfortable because the Holy Ghost was talking about some situation in your own life, people have told me, they're like, man, we thought you were in our car this morning when I got to church. I said, I wasn't in your car. The Holy Spirit was in your car. I don't know nothing. I had a hundred-year-old black woman tell me that. I was talking to her about small stuff and asking her about her life. And I'm always very interested in people that are a hundred years old. They they know things, you know. They've had experiences of life. And here she was, a hundred-year-old black woman from Alabama. I know she has experiences. And I'm asking her about her house. Was there a wood stove? Yes, there was a wood stove. And did you have an iron that you heat up on the stove? Yes, I did. I said, you probably didn't have a bathroom in the house. And she goes, you don't know nothing. And I was like. (laughs) Her family members were in the kitchen. They both tapped out of the window. I couldn't see them anymore because they were so fell out laughing, but, uh, <laughs> but I felt like that, that the Spirit of God spoke to me that day, and it is no matter how much you think you know, no matter how much you think you know, you really honestly don't know nothing, and we are grateful for what we do know, don't get me wrong, but we always have to come to approach whether it be in church like this or approach God's word when we're reading and are meditating, that we are approaching it as a baby. Like we're desiring sincere milk of the word, as scriptures say. And so we're saying, God, show me. Show me yourself. Let me hear you talk to me today while I read this. So it's a relationship and of hearing and doing, hearing and doing. Praise God. Hallelujah. So he's the great shepherd. And it says in verse 5, it says, Yet they will, know my, they will by no means follow a stranger. So it says, again, I'll, the last part says, The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So there's lots of voices in this world, you guys. Lots of voices. In fact, Christians sometimes are catalysts for those voices. You think, well, that's not very nice, Pastor Andy. Well, Jesus wasn't very nice to Peter. Do y'all know the story? He said, not so, Lord. You will not be crucified and you will not die. Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Now, that had to hurt his feelings. It hurt mine and it wasn't even me. I'm like, that's going to leave a scar right there. But see, people say all kinds of stuff, so we have to know his voice, especially for what God is requiring of us. Because if we can hear and tune ourselves into that frequency, his voice, then when he says, come with me, we will, and we'll go wherever it is he needs for us to go. There's many voices, many voices. In these last days, that was uh, what was said to the seven churches. And speaking of revelation, in the last days, uh, these things are going to begin to happen. And all the more reason that we have to listen to him and tune ourselves into him. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. This is um, how we roll. This is a characteristic of us as people of God. 
And that way, when we are out there affecting this world and doing things for this world, we can hear what he's got to say. Um, I've been ministering to people and had the Holy Spirit tell me uh, that this person here was molested as a child. Because uh, when you're doing marriage counseling and you're listening and listening to what he said, she said, and he did this and she did that, and going back and forth, going back and forth, and I'm not really hearing the problem. And the Holy Spirit says to me, she was molested. I'm like, oh, oh, inside, not, not in front, you know. But, so I'm like, okay, well, there we go. That's, a, that's the brokenness. That's the brokenness that's caused all this trouble. So I asked this gentleman, I said, sir, do you mind if I spend uh, a few moments with your wife? And, of course, we're in the office. There's glass, you know, so I'm talking to her in my office discreetly, but yet, you know what I'm saying, we have rules. Anyhow, so, so I talked to her. She, she starts crying because she'd never told anyone. And uh, she says that, and I said, we need to let your husband know this. It's important for him to know why you are so broken and for you to get this off you. And their whole marriage changed after that because she was able to get that brokenness off. Forgive whoever and everyone involved. Amen. Holy Spirit helps us help others as well. Amen. You tune in like that. Allow him to change you, to deal with you when you don't act right. Praise the Lord. If you've been married for very long, then you've probably learned how to forgive your spouse. Isn't that right? And uh, vice versa. Amen. And early on, I, I knew that when I married my wife that she was evil within the first week. <laughs> I knew it. It was obvious. <laughs> I didn't want to talk to her. I was done. You know, I'm just, here we are. I married an evil woman. I got sick as a dog. And I knew why. I was walking in unforgiveness. Well, after you've been sick for a few days, you get tired of that, you know? Say, well, I might as well do what the Word says and forgive this person. After all, I'm pretty much committed for the rest of my life. Be very difficult. You know, you start reasoning, acting all stupid, but I did forgive her, and uh, the Lord says, now you need to ask her uh, to forgive you. I'm like, well, I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, yes, you did? Yes, sir. I just want you to forgive me. It's a man deal, huh? <laughs> I was wrong. Anyway. But what is it uh, that affected me? I'm hearing him, and he's rescuing me and my marriage. And if you will hear him, he will rescue more than just your marriage. He will rescue your family, your children. He will rescue your job. He will cause you to be promoted because you hear him and you walk differently than everyone else. Because many, many times, Holy Spirit has just said, shut your mouth. I got some things I... Shut. <laughs> I would like... You're like a little kid, you know. <laughs> Start to write something out. Don't do it. <laughs> write him a note. 
think you're going to trick God, you know. I didn't say it. <laughs> so he says, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. So God's always wanting to talk to us. Every one of you, all of us. He's always excited. When you wake up, I can just see God. Oh, maybe they'll talk to me. Maybe they'll talk to me today. Maybe they'll spend some time with me today. Oh, that's so convicting. Praise the Lord. So he can tell you what you need to know to have the best day, the best week. Y'all with me, you guys? Hallelujah. So we don't listen to a stranger's voice, and there are voices. The stranger is speaking. In uh, John 10, 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. In 10, 16, he says, and other sheep I have with which are not of this fold, in other words, uh, the Jewish fold he's speaking of, them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So obviously God has brought the two together as one. We hear his voice as they, the Jewish, uh, those who are uh, children of the promise, we now have become children of the promise and hear his voice just like anyone else. Isn't that wonderful? And graft it in and have the ability to access God and hear his voice. Amen? Isn't this wonderful? I'm so excited. Hallelujah. And we must hear him in this day, in this hour. Praise God. And uh, in the um, Amplified Bible of John 10, 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his own life for the sheep. So we know Jesus, what he's doing, he's shepherding us. He's giving himself for us and intending to lead us out from amongst others. So we hear his voice. Praise the Lord. So that means I'm not always going to uh, look like everyone else. I'm not going to be moving where everybody else is moving because I'm looking for his voice to move. And I see a lot of Christians get run around, run around. I call them not charismatics, cruisomatics. They're always cruising around. The Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said. And they're run, the enemy just runs them around. Anyone self-proclaimed prophetess or prophet uh, who speaks, they run after that one, run after this one. I mean, there, years ago, we, we you know, have fasting and prayer quarterly. In the beginning of the year, there's a lot of things that take place. And uh, there's a lot of prophecies always that come forth. And one particular guy, um, people were bringing me his, his emails. I'm looking, I'm like, man, these are powerful, you know. And I thought, well, let me get on his email list. And I was about to hit, uh, you know, join. And uh, the Holy Spirit said, don't do it. I'm like, don't do what? Don't listen to him. Oh, okay. I didn't think much of it. I didn't tell everybody else about it. I just knew I'm not supposed to listen to that. And... Uh, so, years go by, uh, I mean, years and years went by, and I was like, what, whatever happened to him? I, uh, let me pull him up. I pull it up. Oh, he died of cancer. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. It can't be good. And I thought to myself, uh, I wonder what the Lord saved me from. Does that make sense? Because you can't uh, run with every dog that hunts. 
And uh, Pastor Mark likes to say, you know, you dance with the one who brung you. <laughs> and uh, I know God had planted me here in this house, and uh, God had put his hand upon me to do whatever it was that Pastor David needed me to do, obviously. And uh, uh, so, so um, I actually told Pastor years ago, I said, look, look, if you think I need to go, you will tell me, right, Pastor? Because <laughs> I felt like that would be my only out. If Pastor David said to me, all right, you're done here, bro. And that never happened. There was a time when he said there's a person looking for, you know, a person to take over a church, you know, somewhere. And uh, um, I just wanted to tell you because they asked me and I thought it would be good for me to tell you. And I said, Pastor, do you think I should go down there? He goes, not necessarily. (laughs) And I said, well, I don't think I should go down there either. So, I mean, it has to be a powerful thing to move you out. Do you understand? So, but there's many voices. And I've seen people disrupted by so-called words of prophecy from any random Joe Blow that comes by or Missy because they're tickling their ears. And they are uh, really functioning not in pro- a God prophetic voice, but in witchcraft. Because they are control freaks. And they'll, they'll take any simple person they can control and disrupt their life. I'm not sure why I'm telling you all this. There's a lot of voices on the internet. You can't, you can't sit under all that. You let the Holy Spirit direct you who you listen to. Y'all with me? That is important. No, it's serious. Serious. It'll destroy you if you get out from under where you need to be. And then you're like, well, thank God for the mercy of God, you know. Thank God for his mercy. And he is merciful. And, and people, people get, uh, you know, established somewhere else, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And start doing a few things. But their whole life was disrupted. And their family, I've seen it destroy their children as well. And uh, so you want to know that it's the Holy Spirit doing what he's doing in you. Praise God. Hallelujah. A- amen. And it doesn't hurt, you know, if Pastor David is your pastor, if, if we're pastoring and you believe we are shepherds, uh, wouldn't it be probably a good thing to, to present that to one of us or pastor when he's back in his place? You know, what do you think about this? This is what I think. And they're like, he's like, Who talk- who's talking to you? That's what I was thinking. What's her name? Well, they're the uh, bishop prophetess, you know, and they got a title this long, uh, you know. It's exhausting, but for you're like looking at your watch while they're still giving their title, you know. I've had that happen here. I think I mowed the lawn, got in a suit, and was running around here because I was it running a funeral, you know, and doing the sound. You know, <laughs> thank God those days are gone. But anyhow... And then I run out front, and a person comes to the door, and she gives her long title to me of the greater AME church of the first and the second and third, pre-tribulational, evangelical. I'm like, I didn't even know there was such a place, you know. And when she was done, I said, I'm Andy. And I'm thinking, I do not have time. And ran back here and got my notes and conducted the funeral. She was livid. 
She jumped on me. Why didn't you give me your proper title? <laughs> it's because I'm not about a title. I am a servant, number one. A servant. And if you are going to continue to hear God's voice, you would approach him with that demeanor and treat his people with humility and not stand over them like God has made me your ruler. See my title? Not so. I humbly serve this house. I humbly serve this church, humbly serve my pastor. Honestly, not everything that pastor does have I wanted to do. I don't jump up, click my heels and go, yes, all right. I will tell him, I don't necessarily want to do that, but you know I will, pastor. You know I will. Because I'm not here for me. And he didn't come here for him. He came here to serve. And if we keep that posture, we'll be able to hear him. Because if you walk in pride, he resists, he sets himself up against the proud. And Paul, he, in his writings, he said, Paul, a servant. That was his first out of the gate statement. And then an apostle. So an apostle, servant, servant, apostle. Emphasis on serving. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's interesting that this has come into the message, this second service, uh, that the posture of hearing is a posture of humility and serving. So God, you know, speaks his word. Jesus rejoiced because he said he has not revealed these things to uh, the learned. He re revealed these things to children. And he said, unless you become like one of these, why would you have to become a kid? Well, it's the mindset. Just a childlike approach. Father, you are my father. I'm just thankful to be a part of this. If you could show me what I'm supposed to do, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> Talk to me, Lord. He gives wisdom to those who ask him. And I tell you what, in these, these last few years, uh, uh, that has been uh, my M.O. is Lord, tell me what I'm supposed to do. Help me to help your people. Help me, Lord, when I stand before them to give them the supply that they need. And in hopes that nobody would misunderstand that I'm not up here to be anything other than a vessel for him. And that I could hear him and minister life to those who are hurting. There's brokenness and people need God's voice in their life. I'm telling you that we would go out into this dark and dying in evil world with something different than everyone else. And if I can learn how to hear him, then I can help someone. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. 
So um, we've actually quoted uh, Romans 8.14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Another translation actually says, all who do what God's Spirit leads them to do are God's sons. Praise God, that's pretty powerful. Hallelujah. In uh, Matthew 17.5, in the New Living, it says, but even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. We actually see that same quote in uh, uh, the other Gospels as well. In Mark and Luke, it says, Listen to him. He's my chosen one. Listen to him. Second Peter 1.18, actually uh, referring back to that experience, uh, Peter was there. Uh, he says in 2 Peter 1.18, this is the New American Standard, it says, And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And uh, so not everyone hears the same thing, just so you know. Uh, in in uh, any given time when I've been ministering, um, afterwards people will come and say, Wow, that, that was a great message or something like that. And I'm not trying to, you know say anything about myself, but I'm saying the nature of Holy Spirit, um, actually, he is so amazing and diversified that, that uh, tie here, uh, there's two ties, this is a tie, that's a tie, tie egg staff, <laughs> tie word, so anyway, tie here, he could hear something, and this tie hears something different, and hear what exactly the Holy Spirit is doing with the message in them uh, but what's important is for these, all of us individually to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us through the gift that God has placed before us. And uh, uh, when you have that expectation, all kinds of things happen. So I'm very interested when people say that really bless me. I will say uh, what part of that spoke to you. I really want to hear from them. And they will say multiple different things. And, and sometimes I wonder, were you in the same room? I mean, literally, I don't remember saying that at all, but that's what they heard from the Holy Ghost, the power of God, um, took that message and personalized it for them so they could hear what they needed to hear and they could go away with the, the supply that God had for them. It is amazing what God does in this atmosphere. But we come and posture ourselves to hear what the Spirit of God. Because if you come with some kind of a weird deal going on, then you will hinder the supply that God has for you. I'm talking about Christians. I mean, literally, if you do not forgive, neither will he forgive your sins. I would say if you are praying, when you stand praying and you have to forgive for your prayers to even do anything at all, then certainly you probably, if you're walking in unforgiveness, you are susceptible to the stranger's voice, not to the right voice. Well, I try to warn people, look, don't. Don't make a change or a move in your life because you're disgruntled or bitter or angry. It is not the time to move. It is probably a trick of the devil. Amen. Glory to God. Hi, yi, yi. We are just jumping on all of this today. Hallelujah. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. And verses 7 and 8. 
said, that is, that is why the Holy Spirit says, today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. This is an interesting dynamic I have found. Uh, uh, it is a kind of a fl- knee-jerk flesh response to authority. And maybe, maybe you haven't discovered this because y'all are so humble and, and uh, so easily submitted to authority. But uh, I found that the enemy comes like immediately when a, a, a significant authority in your life speaks uh, that the flesh rises up. It's, it's a scary and very dangerous th- habit, just to be honest. It, it, especially if you don't keep your flesh in check. It, when uh, an, an officer of the law, for instance, they pull you over, you're already in the flesh. It's over. You're in the flesh. And things go through your mind, you know, possibly like, can you just give me the ticket? I don't need a lecture. I don't say that, but it's there. It's just, I'm just confessing, right? You see, Pastor Andy, you get tickets? Yeah. (laughs) I'll give you a lawyer's number if you need one. But I'm just talking about authority. They are an authority that God actually literally placed his hand on police officers to do what they do, okay? And uh, are there people that do that, uh, you know, wrong? Of course. And, and so there are people that do everything wrong. So, um, but that's not what is in question. It's that our response to an authoritative voice, a boss on your job, a, um, when you were young and your parents, uh, you know, you became a teenager and they became stupid because you entered into an arena of your life where you felt like you knew everything. I saw a t-shirt once that said, quick, teenagers, move out while you still know everything. <laughs> so it is a flesh response, is, but yet we do not want to do what this is saying when you hear God's voice uh, that l- allow your flesh to kick in and cause you to lose the very benefit of God's voice speaking in your life. And I know I've had arguments with the voice of God. Because that can't be the Lord. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. That thing. I mean, simple stuff. A rise and build time. I've had many experiences during rise and build. The Holy Spirit give me an amount. I'm like, ah, that cannot be the Lord. That is not even reachable. God, you know that. Is this the devil? Hello? And so we rebel against sometimes the voice, and and it's a flesh response. It's not a God response. Our spirits on the inside begin to develop the ability to know the difference. And uh, um, so I don't go through that anymore like I used to go. I just go with it and say, God, there better be a God. That's what you told me to do, God. Then you, this is a great opportunity to show yourself strong right now. But in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7 and 8, and then in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, says again, For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believe, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what what it says. It quotes again, Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And then in Hebrews 4, 7, it does it again. 
It's interesting in, we know Hebrews as the faith hall of fame, talking about the great works that people do, but we don't talk about how this was said three times in the same book, warning us not to harden our hearts. Because you uh, may think that you're doing the right thing, but if you harden your heart, you will do the wrong thing. And then you begin to hear a stranger's voice, and then people will identify that voice as God's voice because they don't know the difference anymore. You wouldn't believe how many people have told me, God said. Hey, pastor, we're going to do this. God said. Well, that takes me out of the equation to say that's just stupid. Because it was not God who said that. But because they said God said to them, I'm not going to say, because you've already said this is God's voice to me. I just stand back and watch and have watched many times over what people have said was God, how that played out in their life and in their children. So we need a, 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 the Spirit of God. We need our ears to be open, and we need to posture ourselves to hear and guard our hearts with all diligence so that we don't affect our hearing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise God. I'll just have to end with this one. Romans 8, 16. It says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So God wants to speak to each and every one of us all the time and every day and lead us into his highest and best. He loves you more than you love you. He loves your, your spouse more than you love your spouse. He loves your children more than you love your children. So whatever he says to you, if you will do it, as, as Mary said about the turning of water into wine, he said, whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says, do it. This, this posture um, is what Mary, when she was told that she's to be with child, she said, uh, be it unto me, even as you have said. And when God speaks, we need to say, be it unto me, even as you have said. Give me the strength, Lord, to make this decision. Give me the strength, Lord, to follow through whatever it is you're telling me to make the adjustment in my life in order for you to have your best and flow through me the greatest.